This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. For those of you on the journey with Jesus Christ, just like we are, my name is Sister Miriam James, and I am, can I just say, epically delighted to be physically present in the company of two of the greatest women on the face of the earth. Who are they? <laughs> I was like, you someone else Michelle, we didn't know. <laughs> Michelle's like, what, the, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> of course, it's Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, and we're sitting on the couch together. So exciting. Ladies, Heather, good morning. You're good looking morning. fabulous. We're all in the same time zone. We're, this, is, this is excellent. I know. Michelle even put on makeup for this she podcast, did. even I did. though you can't, you can't see her. I can't even see it, but I have She looks good, on. everybody. Thanks. I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. So we're in Austin, Texas. Which is a long way from my Canadian home. It is. Um, but I'm so happy to be here with you both, and we're about to attend a really neat conference, which is fun. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, why not sit on the couch for some great time and just record a few podcast episodes? Exactly. And where we can actually physically punch each other if we have to. Yeah, I mean, you which know. is true. Yeah. <laughs> we could stop eating Tex-Mex for just a few moments to record a podcast. Last night we ate too much food to Chewy's. Like, that was really good. The the nacho bar alone was, it was just over and done. Before the food even got there, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? But I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I was like, nom, nom, nom. I couldn't stop So thank you, Texas, for your food. Yes, you definitely fulfilled our love language of cheese queso. So thank you. Like, it was amazing. (laughs) Cheese cheese queso is my love language. (laughs) I think it may be. That was some darn good I think they wrote a book about that. I think they should. It's pretty amazing. And so, um, when we were coming back from Texas... You know, send mm-hmm. me your cheese queso, baby. Oh, I think that's, that's it. Just the gift that keeps on giving. Clark, <laughs> that's just the gift that keeps on giving. So we are delighted. For, welcome. We're delighted to begin our book series for Lent. So all of you, if you're new listeners, just for this, we're so glad to have you. And I think Michelle's running our Facebook group for Life of the Beloved Book Study for the Lent. And how many people do we have on it now, Michelle? I think we're almost up to 300 people. So awesome. it's a big group. Yeah. And yeah. Um, can I just tell you guys, the ones that are in the Facebook group, y'all just make me smile. Your post and your introduction, I'm mm-hmm. like, I just love them. They're just yeah. so great. So thank you for just being a part of that community. Yeah. Um, we just love it. And we love because it makes us, it makes everything more personal. And we really feel like we're on the journey with you all. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that. We were laughing last night over some of your posts posts that you put on there yes and and I was also I must say so impressed that so many of our listeners like their coffee black and I was like that's so strong that's so tough like look at them go our listeners they're like real coffee drinkers I know what was somebody saying that it's just it uses a vehicle it's a vehicle for my cream and sugar (laughs) that girl I'll be friends with because (laughs) I am addicted to coffee but I'm not a real coffee drinker I have to have like free fruit stuff in it yeah so see I'm, I'm just bring it on man yeah, You're a tough woman. What can I say, sister? You are tough. Happened, yeah. So it was great. We yeah. just love the group and we love yeah. your posts and um, they're great. Yeah. So if you're on Facebook and you haven't found that yet, um, please look for the Abiding Together podcast book study and you can just request to join the group and we would love to have you there. We also have people who are joining us via our website and uh, the email list and iTunes. So we're just happy that everybody's with us on the journey. Mm-hmm. Excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in. Yeah, it's going to be great. And so we chose Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. And Henry Nouwen was a Dutch Catholic priest uh, born in 1932. And he passed away in 1996. And just really an apostle of the heart. And this is just mm-hmm. a great book. Uh, and one of the most famous quotes from this book is where he says, Being the beloved 
expresses the core truth of our existence. And so this first week, what we're going to talk about is a little bit about Henry Nouwen himself and just kind of his journey as a person. And then also about the prologue and how the story begins. And um, the first, the first, the prologue is titled A Friendship Begins. So this whole book is written out of a deep friendship uh, that he has with uh, somebody that he'll share with you as time goes on. So Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about Henry Nouwen and kind of, how did you discover him when... In your life, did you discover Henry Nouwen? I discovered him, I think, when I was at school um, at Steubenville. We had to read one of his books for a class, and I think it was The Return of the Prodigal Son was the first one that I read of his. And I remember reading that book and thinking, who is this man? Mm -hmm. And he spoke with such spiritual depth, but yet so simple. Like, that's just such a, that's a, such a hard tension to keep. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such deep spiritual realities, but it was so simple. And just his love of the Father. Um, and you can tell in his writing that he not only experienced it, but he struggled with it, he wrestled with it, but um, he claimed it also. Like, his just being a beloved, a son of the Father. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he was just extraordinary, I thought. And um, his language is simple yet poetic, which I always love mm-hmm. when we're reading something like that. Um, but I think he's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, when did you experience Henry Nouns? I think I was a novice, and I think his book, The Wounded Healer, yes. was the one that first came across my mm-hmm. kind of trajectory of thought, and I still hadn't really journeyed much in my own healing yet, so I thought it was an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was really later on, I think when I was in Seattle and just doing some deep inner healing of myself, and his book about the prodigal son uh, came to my heart, and I love his... Well, just his own story of being an academic and, you know, pursuing careers and like being very, wanting to be very successful and then really having a a really a nervous breakdown, like a personal breakdown and living with the disabled community in the the large community and just his own, like his own restoration as a human person. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I guess I could relate to that so deeply. And I just love how he's so honest. He's unnervingly honest mm-hmm. just about his own interior life. And it's almost like it, it, it just triggers all of your own areas of like self-defense or self-protection. And his, so his honesty, his vulnerability, mm-hmm. and it's just beauty of he speaks of the human heart. But I think especially in the book about the prodigal son, it's the tenderness with mm-hmm. which he speaks. And yes. I... For me, when I struggle, I often am very hard on myself. And so I sometimes I picture God being hard on me, even though I know that's not theologically true, but in my own heart. And so, like, just how often Henry Nouwen's words have been such, like, a balm on my soul of how God really is. Just how tender he is. So it's the vulnerability, it's the honesty, it's the tenderness with which he presents God and, and the human person that really just continually captivate me. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to a Lenten journey of being led into the desert by the Holy Spirit where, you know, where God says, when is, I'm going to allure her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. Mm-hmm. So I wonder for all of us on this journey of, you know, how God's going to really minister tenderly to the depths of our hearts um, through Henry Nouwen's book. So Heather, what about you? Yeah, I encountered them same as Michelle. We went to school together at Franciscan University and um, The Return of the Prodigal Son. That was also the first book that I read. And I agree with you, sister. That's the one thing that stood out to me is just his authenticity and vulnerability is very um, endearing. Like it's, it draws me in in his writing and I, I appreciate it so much. And I, I hope that this is a catalyst for all of us as we journey through this book to take a more authentic look at our own life and story and how we interact with God as the beloved. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm really looking forward to this journey together with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we could talk a bit about the prologue and the, and the journey. And this is a great quote that, so we're going to use this quote to kind of guide our discussion. And really, it's it's really out of St. Augustine's Confessions as well. It's kind of like the whole story, our story and God's story. 
So it says this, uh, Henry Nouwen says to one of his, writes to one of his students and he says, your story is the story with which you can come to know God's story better. And it is his story that makes your story worth living. Mm-hmm. So the book that we're going to journey together with is Life of the Beloved, which is actually written, uh, Henry Nouwen wrote for a friend of his. And we were talking about just about this, even the, the prologue itself. So maybe kind of dive into that. Um, just kind of the, some of the quotes in the prologue of The Friendship Begins of how that kind of struck us and what we're thinking about. So Michelle, do you want to, to our listeners, like what were some of the things that struck you in the prologue that really kind of helped guided your heart in this journey? I love, first of all, that it's a letter, and it was born, like they said, out of a fruit of friendship, mm-hmm. that he was writing a letter to a friend. And he was not only writing a letter to a friend, it was a friend that just came upon him that he, like he said, you know, he said, my heart was just drawn towards him. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a journalist. Know? It was doing yeah. a story on him. Yeah. Yeah. It was a journalist that he was doing a story on him, and he was immediately drawn to this person, you know, and had a heart for this person. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and he uses the scripture for Mark, his heart was moved towards compassion for him mm-hmm. already. And I don't know if anyone's ever had that point, but I do. Like, my husband actually calls me on a lot. Like, if I meet someone and I'm instantly drawn to them, like, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. if I, Chris, like, if she loves you, she really loves you. You know, like, mm-hmm. that is it. And if I don't, I am, could be kind of me. But <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> Especially when there's no coffee. Right? Especially when there's no coffee. But um, that this is a letter, and it was a letter to a person that wasn't of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, the man was a Jewish man. And it was a letter. Yeah, just a secular Jew. Like, yeah. he wasn't even practicing his own, yeah. Faith. And so that it was born out of friendship, and it was born out of something, someone that was different than he is, mm-hmm. that didn't speak the same language that he did. Mm-hmm. But it was born out of because he saw that the man wasn't living his dream and he was just settling Mm -hmm. and that it bothered him so much that this man was about to just settle, like Mm -hmm. just living in a job and a career that was not bringing him life. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was rereading this, like that's um, like he says, suddenly it hit me that Fred, this is on page 13, suddenly it hit me that Fred was close to surrendering his dream. He looked at me like a prisoner locked behind the bars of society forcing him to work at something which he didn't believe. And I had, and then it skips down. It says, I had a deep love for this man. Beneath the sarcasm and cynicism, I sensed a beautiful heart, a heart that wanted to give, to create, to live a fruitful life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And for me, that stood out. Like, how many of us know, you know, for me, the language of dreaming is very important to me because I think each of us, have to live for something that's bigger than ourself. Mm-hmm. A dream, our vision, our purpose that's bigger than ourself. Like Victor Frankl speaks of a lot in Man's Search for Meaning. He mm-hmm. says that we are wired mm-hmm. to live for a bigger purpose, something outside of ourselves mm-hmm. that we give life to. That's what a fruitful life is. And I love that Henry Nouwen did not want this man to settle. Yeah. You know? And I mean, how have we seen that in our own lives where we want to, we don't want us to settle? We want to live fruitful lives, mm-hmm. and we don't want those around us, ourselves, to settle for less mm-hmm. than we're supposed to, for that bigger purpose, that um, spirit-sized dream that God has ordained for each and every one of us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, my question to you all is, there been a time in your lives <clears throat> when you feel like you have not, you've settled, you know? Mm-hmm. You haven't been living the dream or purpose that the Lord has ordained for you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely... You know, this is something that has stirred my heart so many times. A few podcasts ago, I quoted um, Pope John Paul II when he was talking about don't settle for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that we, it is Jesus that we're searching for. He's the happiness that we're seeking. And there's been so many times in my life, even from as a teenager, you know, I think about my story and how many things I was searching for outside of God, searching for happiness. And 
um, just coming up empty every time over and over and over again. Um, but then I really started to pursue my dreams and doing ministry in the church and going to university and um, just passionately living out my faith and life. But then as more expectations came on me with marriage and family and children, you know, I felt like there was a, so many expectations. And that's what began to steal how I was living my dream. And I, I... I felt like I had to do so many things a certain way to be a good mom. This is what it means to be a good mom or a good wife Mm -hmm. or a good Catholic. Um, And the weight of expectation and others' expectations, it just began to crush me and I was letting it happen. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was... I was submitting to this, like I was letting it happen. And sometimes those things can be so subtle, we don't even realize until sometimes months or years later, like, wow, life is running me. Like, I'm not choosing my life anymore. Mm. And once I realized that, you know, I just had this, like, like a a rejection of, I'm not going to let this happen anymore. I don't want it to feel like life is like a train barreling down a hill and you can't stop it. It's moving too fast and um, there's nothing I can do about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, free will is one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. Like we have the ability to choose things, even in the midst of some things we can't change, but our perspective can always change. And that's what I've learned um, Mm -hmm. that even in the most difficult situations that I can't, I can't control. It's not about control, but it's about, letting God reshape our perspective and view on life. Mm-hmm. And and there's been times where I've gone through seasons where God has called me into the desert, into the quiet, and I don't know how the dream fits into that, you know, so trusting him mm-hmm. and not giving up. Like I, I remember a time very clearly where I thought this is just too painful to dream anymore because it's not happening right now this second. I'm mm-hmm. not in the season where I can pursue this. And, um, and again, just felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart, like, don't let this dream go. Don't let it die. This is not who you are, Heather. And uh, so trying to hold that tension at times between like keeping dreams alive in my heart and the things that I'm passionate about, the things that God has called me to, um, but also being faithful to certain seasons of my life at the same time. Um, but I believe it very deeply for myself and for others that we were not made to settle and we were not made for mediocrity. And uh, God has a great and glorious life for us, whether that's in our home or on mission field or wherever it might be that he calls us to, that it's equally grand um, in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sister, how about you? Mm. I I just love your articulation of that. And I love your articulation of of it's like the ache of dreams. Like there's something about the ache, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, so many of the great saints have talked about the ache and how the ache, you know, stretches our hearts. Like Augustine says that it stretches our hearts because God wants to fill us with himself. So we, so many times the ache is too painful. So we try to either indulge it right away or we just totally discard it. And it's like, it's like that the sweet spot is the spot of the the human person, the integration of the human person, which is so unnerving. And so I love that you're talking about the, the, the ache of the dream. And then, but also the reality of the daily life, because I think sometimes in society today, you know, you have those like lame memes that say, just follow your dreams or whatever, which for a lot of people means forget your family, forget all your responsibilities and just do whatever you want. And it's somehow... It's motivated by selfishness. It's motivated by selfishness because that's not what we're talking about. Mm -mm. What we're talking about is really the call on the human person that we have. What is your gift to give to the world? Like, how is God calling you to love? And that in your that is your deepest desires, that is your deepest piercing, that is your deepest suffering, but it's in that reality of that we become authentic of who we're called to be. So this reality of who you are as the beloved and how you're called to give the gift of yourself in love, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, um, 
a couple years ago, I was going for a walk. I don't know if I've ever talked about this memory before, but I just thought about it a couple days ago. Um, and I was down, I was, I live in Texas and, um, it was in the winter time. So it wasn't like, you know, 800 degrees outside. And so I was walking by the water and I was just going for a walk with it. It was just kind of deep in thought, just some struggling with just a few things about kind of like that of like my dreams versus, you know, reality in life and areas that I'd hoped had borne fruit that hadn't yet. And just kind of just really doing some deep pondering. And there was a storm moving in, in the Gulf of Mexico and you could see the dark clouds coming and you could smell the rain coming in. Mm -hmm. And somebody at this park where I was walking had just cut the grass. So in like this moment, this gust of wind blew over me and I could smell the rain and also the cut grass. And I tell you for a second, I was a little girl again in the backyard in Washington state where I grew up. And that was such a summer, that was a summer day for us. Like, you know, like 60 degrees in June and like my dad had just cut the grass and rain. And I had this image of myself as a little girl with bare feet running, just running across the backyard. And it just, it almost brings me to tears now, but it did. I just, for a second, I was like this, oh this little girl again. Yeah. It's awesome. And, uh, it was so glorious. And then like the moment passed and, and I was me. And there was part of me that just my, the first question that came to me after that moment was like, where did she go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where did she go? You know? Yeah. And so I think part of that has been the reclamation of things that have been important to me. And I mean, we call it adulting, right? Where you kind of just do your adult thing and you push on through and we're all very responsible. We're all very capable. But even like small things like the reality of play in life of like me going for, I think we talked about this before, like mm-hmm. small things like me going for a walk or me reading a really good book or just spending time with people, making time with people for intentional conversation or what Jesus is trying to do in my heart where he's trying to bring out the beauty in me or bring out the warrior in me that just it feels too painful. Um, I think being honest with those things. And so for me, that was a pivotal memory or pivotal kind of grace moment in my life of like, man, she's still in there. Like, <laughs> She's yeah. still in there, you know, and not to surrender her because she's mm-hmm. lovely, you know, mm-hmm. so. And I think it's really important as we were talking, like Henry Nowen was moved to compassion for this man and he did not, like this Holy Spirit really like um, invoked Henry Nowen to fight for this man. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to like kingdom dreams, like, like we said, not dreams that are like, oh, I want a bigger house or thing. But God puts these desires, and like desire even means of the Father. Yeah. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. And He puts these dreams that are spirit size or kingdom size dreams to lead us to freedom, yeah. to call us into who we are meant to be, mm-hmm. but also to lead others to bring to out His glory. Amen, yes. girl. It's That's all what we're about His about. glory. Yeah. It's not about us, yeah. it is all about how has He um, wired us to display His glory in a unique way. Mm. But when it comes to something about dreams, they're. Um, something so personal and something that leaves you aching and vulnerable. Oh, yeah. So I think we have to have people around us that defend our dreams exactly. and midwife our dreams. Mm-hmm. And for me, it comes, and I take this, for, I really have taken this for granted um, and it's been brought to my attention the last couple of years. Like for me, to dream is as easy to breathe like or read. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I was wired. Like for my husband, that is not... He was mm-hmm. not a dreamer. You do what's practical. You do what's logical. Yes, this yeah. is what you, you're yeah. supposed to do. And dreaming is a luxury, you know? And as we have journeyed together and the two becoming one, which is such a mysterious thing and so <laughs> beautiful and fun and messy and hard, but it's been, um, we're in a sweet season right now just seeing how the two becoming one is a, such a complimentary thing mm-hmm. and that we balance one each other out. But we took a walk a couple, about two weeks ago. And we were talking about the new year and all this kind of stuff. And we have our best conversations when we go for walks in our neighborhood because that's why kids can't interrupt us. <laughs> but um, we were talking about, and he said, um, you know, what are you dreaming about for the year? And I looked at him and said, honey, really? 
I, I'm living my dream right now. I'm creating mm-hmm. some great things. I what I'm doing. The kids are in a good season. I love where we are. But I turned it back on him. I said, what are you dreaming about? Mm. I said, I think my um, role this year is to help midwife and fight for your dream. Mm -hmm. Because you don't. You always provide for us and you're always the Mm. stability for us. And, um, you know, what, you know, how can I fight for your dream? How can I midwife your dream? And it really came to me this summer. And I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before or not. When I was watching Return of the King. And the character, when she, what is the character? The Arwen. El- Arwen, the elf yeah. queen. She was the one that says, reforge the sword. So Aragon could be the king that he was supposed to be. But mm-hmm. she gets the process started. Mm-hmm. And there was something in me when I watched it again this summer. Like, I got tears in my eyes and I was like, oh my gosh. I have to call reforge the sword. I have to midwife either in prayer or encouragement or whatever for my husband to step in the next season that he is supposed to be. I have to call that out in him. Mm-hmm. I have to pray that for him. And um, it's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. you know, to step into his identity in a fuller way than he has before it in a new mm-hmm. season. And right. I think like, all right, who is God calling us to help them midwife their dreams? Is mm-hmm. it our spouses? Is it a friend? Is it a college roommate? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, your roommate? Who are, who has God put in your life and who's dream mm-hmm. or you're supposed to midwife also mm-hmm. you know um oh, not that. just your own mm-hmm. you know yeah. because we're called um dreams are communal because mm-hmm. they build a kingdom Amen. you know they bring others freedom and i think henry nowen um, modeled this so well with his friend and that's and that's exactly what he says he said he knew yeah. for his friend he's like i had to jump in first before he could yeah, yeah. which i love that you know, it's one thing to be like, hey, you know, you want to write a novel, follow your dream. But Henry Nolan's like, no, I'm going to, you can live with us for a year. We're going to pay your bills. I mean, that, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, he invited him into friendship. Amen. He invited him into community. It wasn't just a challenge that he gave to his friend. It was like, well, go figure that out. <laughs> Which yeah. I think good sometimes we that. can be good at that. Like, yeah. we can speak the truth into somebody's life and then oh, yeah. sort of let them go on their way. But he was like, no, I'm going to journey with you and I'm committed to mm-hmm. you. And it wasn't because everything was perfect. Like you said, you know, he wasn't yep. a Catholic person. They didn't have all of these things in common that you would think should be there mm-hmm. at the beginning of a friendship like this. Um, and I think we have to acknowledge that with other people in our life, too. You know, sometimes we need to be patient with the journey that we're on. Maybe, you know, some of our listeners, they don't have those kind of friendships, but it's something that you can cultivate. Mm-hmm. You might have friends that you just need to be willing to take it a step deeper. And book studies like this and other things are a great a great way to do that mm-hmm. um, because you can cross over that awkwardness of like, okay, uh, we usually just talk about movies or Netflix or, like or whatever. Or kids at school or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we're going to start talking about something with a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. We're going to start cultivating a friendship that is more vulnerable and authentic. And mm-hmm. I think that that, that's what, a, you know, that's why we call this podcast Abiding Together. It's because mm-hmm. this is so important. And I think one of the fruits of our friendship, of the three of us, has been when we do fight for one another. And when we call each other's identity out, you know, like when we're doubting or struggling that we can speak to one another about remember who you are and remember Mm -hmm. what God has spoken over your life. And that's how we defend one another. You know, that's how we fight for one Mm -hmm. another, Mm -hmm. which is has been me yeah, born amazing fruit for all of us mm-hmm. oh amen and it's really from the fruit of that friendship that fred asks henry now to write this book and so i love i love this quote he says fred says to henry now and he says speak to us about our deepest yearnings of our hearts about our many wishes about our hope about the many strategies not about the many strategies for survival but about trust not about new methods of satisfying our emotional needs but about love speak to us about a vision larger than a changing perspective and about a voice deeper than the clamoring of our mass media, 
Yes, speak to us about something or someone greater than ourselves. Speak to us about God. Mm. And that is truly the deepest <clears throat> desires of all of our hearts. And, yeah. you know, Henry will say, you know, as their friendship grew, they as they grew as men, you know, success and fame, all those things began to be less important. And what was most important was relationship and connection and speaking into each other's lives. Right. And and that's the true the true path of maturity is when we're willing to go to the depths there and um, encounter that in mm-hmm. one another. And I love kind of how the revolves reversed, yeah. you know, and, you know, Fred asks Henry, like, if you don't write it, who will, yeah. you know, like, so yeah. at the beginning, you know, Henry was like, I have to, you know, this man's going to die if he surrenders his dreams. Mm-hmm. And then Fred turns it back on Henry now and says, okay, if you don't write this and give us a language of hope yes, and give us a language, I love it. It's a new mm-hmm. language. And I think that's what life of the beloved is. This whole book gives us a language of the heart. And it gives a language of our truest identity as beloveds. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes one of the deepest spiritual realities and makes it a simple, beautiful heart language Amen. that pierces and our hearts. And universal. Yes. Yeah. Whether you're following the Lord or you're not following the Lord. And I love it. Like living, you know, sacred in the secular world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. It gives a language to all of the above, mm-hmm. you know, because it's universal. It's a heart language. Mm-hmm. It's who we are and our truest identity is the beloved. And that is what... Um, and I love that it came out of friendship, you know, that Fred's like, okay, mm-hmm. tag, you're it, buddy. You know, like, <laughs> you're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes we can get, you know, kind of lost in our Catholic or Christian circles where we're talking the same language to the same people mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. what I think is beautiful about this is that the friend was saying, we need to hear this too from you. I don't understand your other books. Like, it was mm-hmm. almost like you saying, I don't like your other books. I'm yeah. not into it. But find the language to speak to us because these realities are real for every mm-hmm. human person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great challenge for each of us as well to think about who are the people in my life that it's not, I don't think that people are rejecting truth like this. Everybody in their co- deepest core of their heart wants to know that they are loved and seen Amen. and known. Amen. And that doesn't matter if you're spiritual or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a core desire, and and how are we supposed to bring Christ into that? And sometimes we might need to change our language from what we're used to, you know? The way that we would say it to another Catholic person or a Christian person isn't going to work for the secular person who works at Starbucks or wherever it might be, you know? So I think that that's a great challenge for us, something to consider and discern. How do we bring Christ in the midst of a secular world Mm -hmm. in a way that they can receive it? And if there's anything that's a stumbling block that I'm creating, whether it be my demeanor, my attitude, my words, like how can I address that so that it's easy for people to receive Jesus, you know? Yeah, I I think he he speaks of that. Fred speaks of that. He says, speak from that place in your heart where you are most yourself. Speak directly, simply, lovingly, gently, and without any apologies. Tell us what you see and want us to see. Tell us what you hear and want us to hear. Trust your own heart. The words will come. There is nothing to fear. Those who need you most will help you most, and you can be sure that I will. So I think, I don't know, like, as we journey kind of in the beginning of Lent, I wonder maybe who God might be sending into our life, a friendship begins, right? And maybe it's, maybe it starts on Facebook with just some people that you're like reaching out with, or maybe you're reading this by yourself, or maybe you're in one of the most difficult seasons of your life where it really is a desert, or maybe, you know, some of your dreams have died, or you you fear that they have died, and I wonder where Jesus, uh, especially as he leads you, he loves you, this Lent, where he's going to speak life into you through his friendship, Mm -hmm. right, and through people, sending Mm -hmm. people into your life. And through his friendship, and I think it will be fun as we journey through Life of the Beloved during Lent or whenever you are doing this series um, together. Like, I think we will... um, 
God is asking us to um, experience a little more, lean in a little more, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. do a little more. Like when we will have like reflection questions for mm-hmm. you and stuff in the online and the Facebook group. But what if he's asking you to do an activity? You know, mm-hmm. what if he's asking you lean in? Is there someone that you need to write a letter to? Ooh. Like who is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart to write a written letter, not an email? Because there's something about like a tangible I written agree. letter. There's something about a handwritten letter. You know, really. so is there someone that you need to write a letter to, you know, that needs to hear, um, you know, who they are, their mm-hmm. beloved, or that you believe in them, or there is a dream, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like um, I'm preaching to myself here, mm-hmm. here, yeah. like, so who is like, we need to start with a letter this week. Mm-hmm. Who is the letter that we need to do? That's a great idea. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> We're like, hey, man, that's not a bad idea. We should get together more often. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, she's good, man. <laughs> I'm gonna throw something out. So there right is now. that okay? Yeah. So we, uh, I think it's time for our one thing now. Yeah. So we're sitting here looking at each other. So Michelle, um, the life of the beloved girl, letter writer extraordinaire. What is your one thing for the week? My one thing is Super Bowl commercials. Oh, <laughs> and so, that was so funny. They were brilliant. And so my favorite two were probably my number one favorite was Eli Manning. I had the time of my life. Oh, that was, was awesome. I mean, I was laughing out loud, and I think I've watched it five times. Like, you know, um, Sister and I both love football a lot, and if you didn't pick it up, Sister was actually picked up by Inside Edition and Huffington Post for her Super Bowl commentary. We will post on that Twitter. also yeah. on Twitter and everything <laughs> like that. But Eli Manning, and I loved the Olympics ones. Like, I mean, doesn't the Olympics just invoke some kind of just emotional response to you? Mm-hmm. The one where they tagged it up with the Greatest Showman, This Is Me song and Olympics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, you had me at hello. The Greatest Showman <laughs> and Olympics. Like, that was just awesome. So my one thing That's is great. Super Bowl commercials. Sister, what is your one thing? Oh my gosh, I was trying to think in my mind. I actually really enjoyed it. Super Bowl as well. So we had a really good time and I was down in Tallahassee watching it with, um, I was helping out at a priest retreat. So watching it with a bunch of priests and that is the most tame audience I've ever watched a Super Bowl with. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They were all well behaved. I'm like, wow, it's some, I'm the one like jumping, like running up towards the television, like in your face, Tom Brady. And they're like, sister. <laughs> Easy sister. So, yeah, I really, we had a good time. So I do have to say, I'm going to copy off yours, the Super Bowl. I really enjoyed it. Someone asked me, they're like, did you know sister was that into football? I'm like, um, hello, you should see us texting in the Alabama Auburn game or the SEC championship or the national championship. Like, you should see our text messages. You know, like, yeah, I knew she was that intense about football. It was fun, and yeah. So, was and then there's our Canadian game. friend. What's your yeah, one thing? Well, yeah. it's not the Super Bowl. Yeah. What? That. Although Justin Timberlake's halftime show, I thought was pretty She's fun. a JT fan, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my one thing is... St. Francis Xavier because the relic of his arm came through Canada and came into our diocese, which is amazing and kind of weird. You know, like there's a part of our Catholic tradition I go... It's kind of weird. It's just a guy's arm. You know, like if you're trying to explain to children, this is one of those moments I had to weird learn Catholic some different, stuff, yeah. different language. You know, it's like yes. I needed different language to explain it. Um, but so beautiful and such a rich part of our tradition and so holy. And so I took uh, our kids and my husband. We went out to to venerate this relic and just pray. And our daughter has an injured arm, um, nerve damage from a break that she had in her arm early in the year. And just our experience there was so profound and deep. It was unexpected. It took me by surprise. Like when they came in with this relic, I just was moved like deeply to tears, you know, mm. um, and just hearing about his life again and his missionary heart and that he baptized, you know, hundreds of thousands of people with that right arm, you know, like just uh-huh. amazing. Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful time of prayer. And 
um, just following that, like our daughter has started to have movement in her arm again. So we have this little miracle wow. that's happening. And um, that is definitely, I'm so grateful and just the whole experience, um, but just that God is breaking through and providing and it's awesome. Yeah. So that's my one thing. Amen. So listeners, every week we, on our podcast, just in case you haven't heard us before, we have our one thing that's kind of rocking our world or that we love. And sometimes it's songs or books or, you know, various things, uh, football, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can Super also recipes, do that if yeah. you're meeting in your groups together. Um, you can you can share what your one thing is. It's just a kind of an icebreaker before you dive into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And to make sure everybody knows, uh, if you're not on Facebook, you can access all the information that you need, discussion questions, and also personal journal- journaling questions, because we know not everybody is able to meet together in groups. Um, but you can find those on our website. You just go to the first page, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, and you click on the image for the podcast um, of that week. And then it will lead you to a page that has some discussion questions and links mm-hmm. to our one things. And then if you're on the Facebook group, we will also post some other discussion questions there. We just want this to be a time of journeying and for you to be able to partake of things. We want to support you and journey with you. And we're excited to get started. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's not too late. So if you haven't started reading yet, or if you have friends that you want to do this with, call them up today, get text message them today and just invite them on the journey. So yeah. Amazon's amazing. They can deliver one or two day shipping. <laughs> or you can get it on your Kindle and have it instantaneously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't even let that ache. Like, just solve that instantaneously. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're so looking forward to journeying with you. And if you liked our podcast episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes or, as Heather said, abidingtogetherpodcast.com. We will find all of the pertinent information. So until next time, thank you for joining us. And we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Happy Lent. Happy Lent.